Like, yo, what up? It's the boy, man. Check it out, man. You watching real life street stars, and you know what to do. Click right there below, subscribe. You know the interview coming up. We're talking a lot of shit, too. Morning, motherfuckers. We're talking boomer. Coming down to Atlanta, we're talking about business. We're talking about hustle, drama. We're talking about everything. You know what to get it at. It's right here. So, subscribe. Start clapping right now. We got a legend in the building. Real life street stars. We here with Will, Lil Bow Wow. What it is, bro? Hey. Or Shad Moss. I'm sorry. It's, bro. it's all the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the same. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. Just um, been in a different city. Like it feel like every ten hours. Yeah. You know, just this whole stretch of March. Just you know, a thing I do. Uh, Your birthday month. Exactly. Birthday month. So you know, just kind of just bring the party to. Pretty much every city, so uh, it's been partying, man. Really, I'm getting to the bag, man. Uh, say, what? What? What's your sign? You Pisces. 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 Yep. Okay. Hello. Yeah. So, uh, what does that mean to you? Does that does it, does astrology mean anything to you? Is you are you yeah. got some Pisces shit going yeah, on right now? Aries. Yeah. Aries. <laughs> um, I mean, it, I mean, it's something that I don't really like. I'm not really into it. Yeah. But the, the older I've gotten. Um, I, I kind of see like that signs definitely, you know, when, when you look at a person, you can definitely tell what the sign is or kind of get an idea of, of what they probably are. Like I know for me, like I said, as I've gotten older, especially when it comes to women, like the second question I probably ask them, especially if it's like me meeting them for the first time, it's like, what's your sign? Right. And then I kind of go from there. If they say Aries, I'm like, okay, you crazy as fuck. <laughs> I, need to, I need to exit stage left. Um, Scorpio, I connect with Scorpios. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like a... Yeah, as I got older, I kind of got into it a little bit. Man, so what you get for your birthday? What do you what do you, what do you get by? Money. Money. That's it. Money. Hey man, ain't nothing better. Than money. <laughs> man, uh, you going and some candles? I, actually, I got some candles. I'm big on candles. Okay. I, I, I like like for me, I'm, I'm I'm simple. Like I don't really. I mean, it's kind of hard to get somebody something that pretty much seen everything and everything is pretty much normal to me like when i'm in the club they're bringing out the bottles and shit i'm like looking at my section everybody's recording the shit and i'm the one that's usually like on his phone so i'm just so used to everything so for me simplicity is everything white tees you can give me some tees like shit that i would i need or i would use on a daily like a day-to-day -day basis something i can appreciate man so how do you feel when somebody gets you like a bullshit ass do-rag Cause you like the ambassador for the do rag, right? They know better than <laughs> buy me anything without my face on the product. Amen, amen. How did you, <laughs> you know, you had you're very entrepreneurial. Like, how did you get into that game? Like, yeah, um, I always say the opportunities open when you, you know, when you dominate at one thing. You know what I mean? So for me coming into the game early, you know, as a rapper and being successful in that field, that opened up the doors for movies, right? right. And so. When those opportunities came about, you're going to take them. Because if you don't take them, you don't know when you're going to get another chance to, to get at it. So for me, it was like, okay, now I'll add acting to the resume. Once you do that, you've got different people out who, who probably have an eye on you and like, man, maybe he can endorse this product. You know, he, he does this, he does this, he'll look good doing this. Or if he has long hair, he has braids. And so shit just happens. You know, everything I've ever been a part of, um, it's been because of the music, because that was the first thing that birthed everything else. But um, for me, uh, it's, it's all about dominating one field and hopefully that opens up 
the doors and you just take the opportunities as they come. I know for the do-rag, it was something that came out of like left field. You know, it started off as the do-rags and then I, w I really wasn't taking it serious at first. I'm like, do-rags, like, I don't know. And then I start looking back at all my older pictures and I'm like, shit, every time I put on a throwback jersey, I had a, the, the same color do-rag to match the jersey. You look at Fab, like do-rags just plays such a, a, a major part of, you know, our accessories in hip hop that, and not just hip hop, I mean, just period. If you waves, if you barber, if you big on your grooming. And for me, you know, the do-rag has always been an essential in mind that, you know, gotta keep my braids fresh, gotta keep my, my hair cut right. And uh, when they came to me, I was like, all right, I'll entertain it. And then once I seen it, like, oh shit, like this shit is kind of like, this shit is like really big. And I started fans on Instagram, like I can't go nowhere I've seen your face in front of the beauty salon. And then with Red by Kiss, it started with just that side of the company to then Kiss Colors and Care, the other side of the company, they wanted a piece. So that's how I inked the Walmart deal. So not only we we taking over all the beauty supply stores, but now we in all the Walmarts around the nation. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Man, I just man, you just made me think about something. We we are now stepped into an age where they charging a hundred dollars for a haircut. Now you probably been paying some crazy shit for your haircut <laughs> all your life, but yeah. just for like a what what is too much for a haircut if you are a normal person? Um, I think I, was that Jalen Rose? I think it was Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose. Was I, for me, I agree with it. You know, I've been paying $100 to get my hair braided. I've been paying, um, I've been paying $100 for my haircuts and getting my hair braided my whole life. Like, I've never paid anything under unless I went to the barbershop. But for me, it's kind of hard, especially like these, you know, scheduling and everything like that. And then, you know, the, the world is crazy. You don't know what the fuck can go on if you're at a barbershop. Like, so for me, I'm like, 100 is cool. Now, I did have somebody. I did have a barber one time hit me for like, after he was done, he was like, yeah, that's gonna be like 350. And I remember my reaction, like my reaction was like, yo, what the, like, get the fuck out of here. I was like, you fucking serious? He was like, he was dead ass serious. I was like, it's 350. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this nigga's tripping. <laughs> but, but for me, I was like, let me go ahead and pay him and get him the fuck out the way. And so, but that was the craziest. But to me, $100 is cool. I, I think that a lot of people feel like, it's a lot because the normal motherfucker is gonna go to the barbershop and pay that $25, $25, $30. And that's what they used to paying probably for their whole life. But for me, 100 is easy. 100 is nothing. Well, you did say that everything in your life that has happened career-wise has stemmed from the music. And you got into the music game at an extremely young age. When you look back on your career and when you entered the industry, do you look back and say like you got in at the perfect time or do you wish you maybe would have waited until you learned more? Was it overwhelming when you look back on your younger career life? Nah, I'm, I'm happy that I came in at the time I came in because I got a chance to be a part of some real shit. Um, so about coming in like with the heavyweights, you know what I'm saying? You had John 50, Nelly, um, Eminem, like everybody who came in that 2000, like that was the, that was the shit, you know what I'm saying? So. I'm privileged to to come from that era because of the things that I was able to to learn and stick with, you know, morals, um, value for music, what real good music sounds like, um, the motherfuckers who are gonna be here for years to come, the motherfuckers who come out, throw out one single, hop for six months during the summer, light the clubs up, then they go away, like, oh, I don't wanna be a part of that shit. Like, you know, I, I play the game to win, I play the game to sustain um, longevity. I think that's the key, you know. I mean, everybody, I mean, it's different. You got cats nowadays, they come into the game, they want the bag, the bag, the bag, um, and they want it quick, they want it fast. For me, like I said, I come from the era where 
you really had to show and prove. You know, one hit ain't enough. Not when you're competing with all the motherfuckers who I just named who was swinging out hits. So it's like, you gotta come with it. You know, this is Beyonce when she first hit solo when I was out swinging. Me and Mariah Carey battling out for number one and number two spots on the Billboard charts. Like, you really had to really compete. Whereas now it was just so wide open. It's like anybody can be a rapper. You know, back then, that shit wasn't easy. Like, you really had to have talent. There is no turn the camera on, get on a laptop, and, you know, go viral for some shit, and then you, you're here. Like, that just don't fly back in the early 2000s. And uh, the work you had to put in, like, you really didn't mind putting in the work. Not saying that people today not putting in the work, but there's no way I would trade anything from, from coming in at the time I came in to coming in now. I would hate coming into the game now. Yeah, it is a lot different now. So a lot of child stars, they do something, it's like really, really big. They're everywhere for a couple of years and they just kind of fade off. So what has been your mindset to like stay relevant all these years? Just do good work, you know, do good work. There's times where I'm at the crib watching a game like on TNT or some shit and I'll just see like Fast and Furious is about to come on. I'm like, it's so random, you know. Um, it's all about just putting putting out good work that can sustain, like I said, longevity and, and the test of time. Like, I was just out in the club yesterday in Houston at the strip club, and like a couple of the Houston Rockets players, you know, they're young, probably young team, and they came up to me and they was like, yo, I think I just watched like my yesterday, like, nigga, you don't understand. Like, and when I hear that, it's like, damn, like, these, these 36 now, they like 18, 19. Like, so it's a whole new wave of a generation that to keep carrying on the, the work that I, you know, that I put out. So for me, that's important. So I, I pretty much would say to me, that was my key is to get in with the right things that I know would last instead of time and I think you know for me um still to this day like I won't do anything that won't stand time like that, that's really important to me now when you first hit the scene you were very young your music was very clean and it was relatable to the people who were your age you know young kids mm -hmm. what was the transition like for you when you went from being very clean very young very innocent to like maybe more cursing more sexually explicit lyrics mm -hmm. what was that transition like because we were accustomed to seeing you this way and then the easy. next album was life easy you grow you know you deal with different people you're around people um i was just telling one of my partners i say you know it's crazy like the gift and the curse of growing up in front of everybody is the fact that you know you get ridiculed for so much shit, but then if you reverse the mirror around and you put on your fans they they've probably done the same shit. we just can't see it because they're not in front of the camera, they're on, a, they're on the other side. So for me, it was just living life. Like you'll take a song like, um, Festus, like Puppy Love, of course, I'm 13. I don't know nothing about sex. Uh, then you get 15, 16, now the voice starts to get a little deeper. You start really getting into girls and the content changes because in music, we all know the content is driven from your real life. So now I'm, 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 now I'm having sex with girls at 16, 17. So of course the content is definitely gonna change. Instead of let's go to Six Flags, it's pull up to the crib and let's, you know what I'm saying? So the content just changes naturally. And that's what anybody like, whether it's myself, whether it's Chris, um, and, and that's just that's just a natural growth. It's gonna be hard to be 29, 28. You talking about you wanna go to Six Flags, that's, that's just don't, I don't level up. <laughs> what was it like having all that money when you was young? Um, it, it didn't really mean anything because I was, you know, I was a kid, right. you know what I'm saying? And um, for me, it was just, I can get free Jordans and shit. Like, that's what I was loving. I, I, I really was more into the, the power than the money. Because, I mean, when you come into the game at an early age, you can't touch your money anyway. You don't right. get it until you're 18. That's just like state law. 
So all your money is like in a trust. You can't even touch it. Like every dime you get, it's like a judge that oversees everything. Like your mom and your dad, they can't even get to your money. Like it's like the judge's shit. Then when you right. turn 18, they hand it over. That's when it's like, holy shit. So you don't really see it. You just really doing all the working and, and you getting, you know, all the, the gifts and the treats from being famous. But as far as like being able to touch the bag, you don't touch. So I can go back to your question when you said, what's the, the gift and the curse? Right. That would probably be the only thing, is that for the first five years of my career, I couldn't touch none of my money. If I would have came in the game at 19 or 18, I probably would have tapped out the game because I would have been like, this is crazy that I'm seeing this type of paper and I get to touch it as soon as I hit. So I was I was kind of thankful for that. So tell us about not when you, if you're young, you can't touch the money, you don't care about it, then you get it and you start caring, and yeah, then you're yeah. rich for so long after that, you start not to care again. What is that? Like, cause you, you've just been having it for so long. It, it, I always tell people, you gotta love what you do. If you love what you do and you good at what you do, the bag gonna come. You ain't even gonna, you know, you ain't really gonna focus on the money like that. I think when you focus on the money, it comes slow. You know, everybody always like, my mind, I'm focused on the bag. I feel like it just, it just comes slow. The times when I don't even think about it and I just do shit that I love to do, it just comes. So, um, I mean, especially like if you've been doing it for so long, it's, once you secure the bag, it's pretty much it's time to go to work at that point. Like every life is set, life is secure. It's time to just take care of the kids and continue doing what you love to do and let the rest handle the rest. So uh, we got to take it back. You brought up puppy love and that mm -hmm. made me think. Um, Solange was in the video. Mm -hmm. How was that working with Solange and do y'all still have a relationship today? Yeah, I mean, I haven't spoken to Solo in so long, man. I mean, like this business is it's tricky, you know. You can see somebody one year and then nine years of separation. Um, but Solange was one of the, the first, like we grew up kind of together, like in the industry. You know, the first song that I ever did was Destiny's Child's Jumpin' Jumpin' Remix. So we was always around each other. My mother was kind of like a second mom to her. So she was always around. So Solange was pretty much like a big sister because she, she's older than me by like a year, I think. So we always had like that sister brother type of relationship. And, um, but yeah, no, it, it was dope. And then we had the opportunity to do a movie together with Johnson's Family Vacation. That just made everything easier. She played my sister in that. So it was just kind of a natural thing. It was kind of like we just ping-ponged off each other like when I first started out. But I'm not, it's been a minute since I spoke to her though, but I wish her well though. What's funner, music or the acting? Oh, the acting, for sure, by far. Now, is the bag bigger? That's the um, I mean, they, they both can be big, but let's just say the movie side of things is more organized, it's more structured. You know, I think that's why you see a lot of rappers, once they get a taste of that, it's hard for them to go back to to the to the rap. That's why you see like, I mean, not the bug bit me. I'm like, fuck, I get paid every Monday. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, rap, it's like, the, it's like selling drugs. You know, you might be up, not booked for a month, booked out whole, whole month, next two months might be super fire. The next four months could be a little dry for you. So, you know what I'm saying? So with, with the with the movies and the television, it's automatic. You know what I mean? And, and it's fun. It's less stressful. You don't got to do a lot of the bullshit that comes with the music business. And it's just, it's just, it's like a woosah. I love it. Now, of course, now you're a very talented actor. But when you see certain other artists come into the uh, acting field and it's like, they didn't take, get no coaching or whatever. How do you like... Like, you're like, <laughs> 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 when you see a, an, a, like a Carisha, 
and we're not judging Carisha because she's Carisha, but mm-hmm. when you see a Carisha, like, it's like, what is the thought process of like just artists just stepping into acting with no type of training or any Because coaching? the opportunity yeah. I mean, well, I stepped in with it with no training at all. I never had an acting coach. I just felt like um, it's either you got it or you don't. You know, you could definitely go to schools and get teaching and all that, but I mean, even her, for example, I mean, I, I love it because, you know, it's people under, like what we just spoke about, it's about longevity, right? Like it's about putting, you know, eventually the one thing, one A will run out. You know, mm-hmm. it's only so many songs you could put out. So I respect her for just jumping out in the field and um, I think the role, the role on BMF, right? Yeah. Yeah, just jumping out in the field and just trying something new. I mean, you got to get out here and try something, you know, whether the people like it, it's, you know, you'll get better at time with just sticking to the crap and, you know, um, indul- indulging deeper into acting because acting is a method, man. I mean, it's a it's a mind thing. Like, you know, it, it's, it's totally different from rap. It's totally different from anything else. But I love when I see cats come into it because to me, it, like, like, for instance, even with her, it's just showing me, like, like I'm really about this shit. Like, I really want to stay. I don't want to be these motherfuckers that come and be hot for two years and then the music dries out and I have nothing. So I like the fact that she jumped into the podcasting world. She's trying acting. And like I said, people get better with time. So, you know, I, I love when I see it. Now, I do have moments where I'm like, you know, when I see certain people doing certain things, I'm like, nah, what the fuck is <laughs> but, You know, I just think that all actors, we do that, so. Do you care to give an example of what you mean by that? When you um, I mean, not like, not really a person in particular, but it could just be certain movies that I watched. I'm just like, fuck, why ain't they call me? Like, why am I agent call me for that one? Right. Like, that's just, Fuck, like that's I could that's me right there. More or less of that than some hating shit where it's like, oh, this motherfucker just can't act. Cause it's tough. Like it's really tough. Like I know cats that are some of the biggest Instagram guys that are funny on Instagram and mm-hmm. act good to y'all for the 30, 50 second skits, and then you put them in front of a set, a crew of 200 people, trucks, lights, and put them in front of an actor. It ain't the same. Like so all that Instagram shit go out the door. So um yeah, it's it's a mental thing when it comes to acting. Now, a lot of actors have often stated that sometimes they have to go into therapy to come out of a role once they've been oh, yeah. in it so long. What is a role that you played that you was like, it started actually, you started becoming your person that you were in, that you the role that you were in? Probably role bounce. Because okay. it, it caught me at a, it caught me at a time where, like like we were saying earlier, um, they called me right at the time when I was becoming a young, like, on the road to becoming a man. I was 16 going on 17 when I did it. I was dealing with so much like personal shit at the time. Um, smelling myself a little bit, living in Chicago all alone for the first time. Mom stayed back in Atlanta, kind of just said, you know, we, you gotta go to Chicago for this audition. It was like a last minute thing. It was like chilling in the crib, yo, get on the plane. I, I don't like to fly, so motherfuckers like, go now, you gotta go now, you gotta go now, I had to hop up. I wasn't feeling it. I had a bad attitude, I go on audition, and the first scene they wanted me to do was the fucking garage scene where I'm breaking the car. Yeah. So I'm like, y'all throwing this shit at me on, on the spot, and because of the state of mind I was in, I was in a dark place, and I didn't even think I could do it. I fucking cried in the audition and went nuts. Kind of like I was feeling, I kind of expressed it out through the character. Amen. And it was like, all we need to see is this, it's a go. And then, you know, that car scene and just, Everything, man, like the whole movie. Like me even just thinking back on it, it's like I can feel where I was at at that present time. And it was like the perfect place for me to be in in life, for me to do 
that role of X and Robouts. So I would say out of all the movies, Robouts was the one that felt like I was not acting at all. And I think that's why the acting seemed so real and authentic. It's because it was some real shit, right. you know what I mean? And um, and I think that's why the movie is like probably like top two of mine that I've done. So as far as like, you know, we love you in the movies, we love you in the movies, but we haven't really seen you as far as like reality television, as far as like the love of hip hops and stuff like that. Is there a reason why, or would you ever pursue that lane? Yeah, I mean, not on that aspect, but we did grow up hip hop though, um, Atlanta, which I had the, 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 the uh, opportunity to not only be on it, but also executive produce the show. That was my first EP credit. Um, that was cool, but I, I feel like it's like a gift and a curse. You know, the reality TV game is kind of like the internet. You know, it's, it, it can either help you or it can break you. Um, so, you know, you gotta just be kind of cautious on what, on what you give them because those networks, when you do shows like that, the network really don't give a fuck about you, right? I mean, they're there to put you out there to make a fool of yourself, make an ass out of yourself. You say the wrong thing in the in the shooting, you want to call them and say, "Can y'all edit that out?" They're not gonna edit that shit out because they know it's all about viewers. It's all about the viewership. So, um, for me, it's a gift and a curse. So I got in and got out like two seasons of it. And I was like, nah, this could kind of go left if I continue this route. Let me go ahead and step back and get back into my groove and, and, and protect who I am and protect the brand and um, stay away from it. So nah, I would, I'll never do reality TV again. Now, when you talk about just TV in general, is there a show that you feel like you would like to be a part of? Or is there anything you're watching currently like, man, I would really love to be a part of that? Um, There's only two shows right now I'm really watching that. Well, three now that Power just came out, but yesterday. So I'm watching Power a lot. Um, BMF, a good friend of mine, um, my, my old assistant, uh, Anthony Wilson, he's the EP of BMF. So even if he wasn't, then I'll still be watching. Just being grown up in Atlanta and understanding the whole BMF movement. Um, and I actually got the shooting season three, I actually got the script to that. So hopefully something could pop Amen. for that. But um, yeah, BMF, Snowfall. I would say Snowfall, but it's the final season. But those are really like the two shows that I'm just like stuck, just glued to watching really right now. Yeah, because like I said, I follow the stories in real life and now to actually watch it and visualize it. Just a natural fan of those shows. I love those shows a lot. Man, you know what always kill me? Because everybody's everybody always try to get me to get into BMF and I'd be like, I know what happened, see? Yeah. It goes to jail. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you know, it's like that with any like, biopics or pics right. about people, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like when Denzel did Malcolm X, of course, it's like, all right, we know what's gonna happen, you know what I mean? And it's, it's really all about just watching the story and, you know, the, the the acting and everything that goes along with it. And like, I know the day is coming. Like, I'm just like, all right, when season six hits, I'm sure <laughs> we're gonna see a different Meech. There'll be another, a grown up Meech playing himself, playing Meech and eventually at that point will happen. But it's, it's the thrill, it's the roller coaster ride of the journey and just watching the story. And um, so even though we know how it is, it's just fun to watch the ride. Man, I know growing up in Atlanta that uh, you have a BMF story. Because uh, <laughs> I, I do actually, which is crazy. Um, I remember me being young and just not knowing, you know, um, just so blinded by everything. There was a, a big, big car dealership where all the rappers, all the, athletes we bought our cars at and there was a specific car that I wanted so bad and I, I had a place in LA at the time too and I wanted to buy it I wanted to ship it to my LA house and um they said we can give you a good ass deal on it 
if you can just go to Detroit and perform at this birth at, the, at somebody's daughter's birthday party at a skate ring, and I went, and it was all love. And then I got the truck, and I loved it. And then I found out way years later, like, oh damn, I didn't. Oh okay, that's what's up. That's okay. crazy. But yeah, that's probably really like my only memories. I you know bought a whip. Now, you done a lot of partying, and I'm talking about. Like right now, you're on a party tour. Yeah, it's crazy. Is it still fun? Do um, you still enjoy? Not, it? not when you stop drinking. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm on this quest of like no alcohol. So like last night was my first time of being in the club completely sober, and it was just it doesn't mix. Okay. I think if you can't drink, you shouldn't go out to the nightclub. It's a, it's a different experience okay. when you're. Um, I guess I mean. I was telling my my bros, I'm like, I feel like I don't have my superpowers. Oh yeah. So I, I really, and and he was like, well, if you feel like that, then you know, you 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 bow, you losing your confidence. Then that liquid courage gives you that. You feel like, and I'm like, it do. Like it, it makes you just say the the whatever's on your mind. You don't overthink it. If you feeling somebody, you gonna let them know. I'm like, I'm just sitting there like how I'm sitting here now, and I'm just watching everything. The music's not hitting the same. I'm watching girls twerk on each other. They're drinking, taking shots, driving the boat. I'm like, I'm just sitting here and I'm like, man, I feel 50. Yeah. <laughs> like, now, I have a couple of questions uh, on that because I recently went through something like that as well. Yeah. Uh, what made you get on that journey? Um, It really wasn't nothing deep. It was yeah. the fact that I'm just tired of waking up when I do party and my eyes are fucking burning. My stomach is hurting and I don't have an appetite for shit. I end up eating at like 11 or midnight the whole next day because I just can't smell food. I'm fucking nauseous and, you know, just like, for me, I never, see, I never went to college. So it's kind of like, I got like the hip hop Peter Pan syndrome of like, <laughs> I never really had the chance to do like normal shit. So I feel like sometimes in my life when I do wild out and I'll bounce wild and it's like, well, I never got a chance to go to college. So sometimes I have these flashbacks and I can jump back into like a 20 year old or like a 19 year old and just wild out. And um, just kind of got tired of just waking up like that. So when I woke up this morning, I was like, damn, I can, I can eat, I feel good, I'm clear, my eyes ain't burning. I'm like, all right, all right. I like this, I like this a lot. It's, it's different, but you know, I'm just stay on the path though. And now you were talking about being in the club and just noticing, what's the, like you said, what is the one thing you notice that now that you're in the club, this shit, that shit ain't as fun. Look, that shit ain't as fly that I thought. For me, it was like the hookah shit. So when I yeah, stopped- Yeah, I'm not a big fan of hookah. <laughs> I've never been a big fan of but hookah. When I drink, I'm like, oh, give me the fuck hookah. But now it's like, that shit. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I've never been a fan of hookah. I understand it. You know, I ask people why you do it. I'm like, it don't get you high. They're like, well, yeah, it gets you like a lighthead. Like, you get buzzed. I'm like, I just feel like it's a social thing. I'm just, yeah. you know, and I had a girl at last night, I asked her, I said, like, why do you smoke hookah? Say you do it because everybody do it. Is it a conversational thing? Is it? It's like, well, what else? What's it doing in the club? I can't just sit here. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I just smoke and converse, and I'm like, hey man, teach his own. But now it's never been for me. For me, that's ruining now is the guys. Mm. Like the guys ruin everything for me now. Um, like last night, I had a dude. You know, I went outside on the balcony. It was like a um, like a patio that was like right behind my couch in my section, and I'm going out there. With my homeboy, we just out there talking. Motherfucker walks out and somehow like my security is right there and he's like, he walks up and he's like, yo, can I get your phone number? That was the first thing he said. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck did you just ask me? Like, 
It was the weirdest shit. And then I go back to party, you know, it's like 40, 50 girls in the section. And all I just hear is bow wow, bow wow, bow wow, hey, bro, hey, bro, bow wow, over every song. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. And I, I think I went viral not too long ago for saying that. I'm like, yo, guys, you know, girls always come to me like, I know you got groupies today. I'm like, no, listen, you don't know the half. The men are the worst groupies. You must be talking about the men. Right. And these be the niggas that be talking shit online, trolling you. And then when they see you and they see the movement of, oh my God, he got all the bad bitches. It's just, damn, this shit like, damn. Then it, I, I want to get up. I want to, hey, hey, hey. I mean, it's the worst. Like, guys knocking over the, that we had like 10 niggas in front of me, like blocking the girls. They don't want to let the girl, I, I, I get so mad. I'm like, yo, nigga, move. Like, let the ladies, like we went to the strip club last night and I gave the girl some ones. And I'm like, oh, it's been 20 minutes. Why are you still holding the ones that I gave you? Like, I can't take those. She was like, no, Bow, I want to throw them. But there's nothing but niggas in front of us. And I looked down and she was absolutely right. It was, <laughs> it was no girls. It was no, not a stripper in sight of us. And I was like, well, I'm going to get you a dancer. I'm like, but it's going to be a little minute because I got to shift shit around because, you know, and, and I understand like nowadays times is crazy. So when the fellas go out, they, they want to be glued a little bit, because even though I always have security, they want to be a little glued just to make sure, like, all right, nigga, we don't give a fuck. Ain't nobody getting close. Ain't nobody. I totally respect it. I get it. But that's we got these big six, eight, six, nine motherfuckers for around. Like, it's okay. I don't bring that type of attention. I don't, you know what I mean? So, but um, that, to me, the fellas, man, the fellas are the worst. And I think after I said that shit publicly, it's gotten worse. Like, I feel like now it's on purpose. Like, they saw the video. Me complaining about it. Now they just do it. I think they just show up and fuck with me. And it's just like the worst shit ever. So for me, it's the fellas, man. They have ruined the nightclub thing for me. Well, speaking of ladies, now we know that you've had your fair share of relationships, situationships. Some have been public, some have been televised, so on and so forth. At this space in your life, how do you differentiate? your relationships with women? Because of course you got your gold diggers, you got the ones that just want to tell the story, you got the ones yeah. that may really want to, you know, yeah. seek um, out a relationship. How do you differentiate? I mean, it's, it's easy now. The older you get, shit is just clear. You know what I mean? You got girls that, you know, if, if that's your thing, if you like the strip club, if you want to just get straight to it, if you the type that want to just pay, you know, you got girls that'll be like, back room, 500, what's up? Anything goes, I mean, you got, Girls, like you said, who are gold diggers out for one thing. You got girls out here too that are that are authentic and real. You know, and you can just sense that. Like I meet people all the time. I'm always outside. I'm always doing this and doing that. So for me, I've been doing it for so long, it's easy to read. You know, first time a girl texts me and be like, um, can you do this? Or, you know, I had a girl hit me like right not not too long ago. And you might even be on that type of time with her, but then she'll hit you and say, I'm on this vacation and I left my car there. You think you can like shoot me 400 real quick? It's like, what the fuck? Like, what? Like, we don't even rock like that. How do you even get the balls to even text me? Nigga, you ain't even hit me and say, like, and it's like out the out the gate. It's not even a, what's up, how you doing? You good? Like, how that, how tour going? It's this time when girls just ask for shit and I check them, like, damn, nigga, like, ask about how I'm doing or my well being or how tour going and all that. You think I'm supposed to just jump and just, like, how many other niggas, man, go ask the other niggas for all that? Cool. Don't even rock like that. So it's easy, especially nowadays, because these girls is bold. So, you know, they let you know. The city girls kind of got the women out here turned up. They, I want a bag, I want a purse, I want a trip, I want Chanel. They let you know now. So it's, you, you know, you know. The ones that don't ask, they get gifts. The ones that ask, they, you know. 
What is the most uh, ridiculous thing you've been asked for? None crazy because they know not to play with me like that. Like, I think if a girl asks you for something crazy, like, they just trying you. Like, the only time I'm gonna really go crazy is for, like, my girl. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If I'm really rocking with you super tough, it's gotta be some type of loyalty. You know what I mean? Because there's been times where I can kick it with a girl and then go to the next city, and the girl don't even tell me she going to the next city and she course out of the game. You know what I'm saying? You feel sick. Like, damn, I just paid her rent last night because I right. fuck with her, but then she course out of the game and she don't even watch basketball. You know what I'm saying? So it's like Man. the game is is tricky, is it's dirty like that. Man, so bro, I can't even imagine. I bro. I think that's why I'm, <laughs> yeah, I think that's why like I'm so I'm single and I'm just so content. I'm just so happy where I'm at because I see this shit right in front of me and it's like there's no way I can ever get played like that. Like it's just not gonna happen. Like I'm not I'm not going for it. Man, it's so crazy. That just made me think about how I bought a bitch a wig not too long ago. You wearing the wig on a date. Yeah. <laughs> and be like and be like that. You know, you might get a hair done, nails fixed, and Man. you you got on Tuesday, but Thursday she outside with nigga that play for the Mavericks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just it's it's like that. So for me, I just I respect the game, man. Like Snoop raised me. So it's times where like I don't even really get I've never been a jealous type. I've never been a hater type. I really, you know, I think especially too when you go through shit heartbreaks and you've been in love before, your heart get kind of numb to, to certain shit. So, you know, it just builds you for a more tougher you and it Amen. protects your your heart and protects your emotions and feelings. So for me, it's kind of like, I ain't surprised. Like, I'm, I'm like that and I'm, I'm, I'm moving on to the next. It was expressed that you never, you don't want to get married. Like, no, nah, never. In the car. That, that's still said. Oh yeah, for sure. I was, I was just, I was just at dinner last night talking to a girl I know and we was, we all was having a debate at dinner about marriage. For me, I'm just like, all right, I just, it's just not for me. You know what I'm saying? And everything ain't for everybody. You know, before I play with God and I know that it's a possible chance that I could slip, just being honest, before I hurt a woman, it's like, I, and, and that's, I'd rather just stay away from it. I'm cool. So what if you meet a woman though and she like, listen, I, I'm with, I'm with the mess around too. Like we can mm -hmm. get, we can get out here together. She yeah. loyal, everything that you ever wanted. But she like, look, we can go to the club. We can get the ladies. We'll see, do all I, that I together. prefer that from like my fun girl, really, than my wife. Like if that's your thing, that's cool. But for me, I, I probably would never take her serious, all the way. I'm gonna be like, no, my wife is just wild. It's just I'd rather have, I'd rather have that to the side. Like, I got this little wild thing. We just every once in a while, we just turn shit up. You know what I'm saying? That's cool. But my wife, I want my wife to be my wife. If that's the case, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to. Bring nobody in the bedroom with us. I want that to be our thing. I want that to be, you know, that's our intimacy. That's our time. Yeah. Now you're a, a father. Um, how is it? How is the balance like between you know, raising your child and then just mm -hmm. living this life right here mm -hmm. and keeping her, keeping it separated so she's not exposed to too much. It's easy, um, to be honest with you, because. Um, the, the moms, they play a big part um, into it, you know what I mean? And, you know, for me, I always was nervous about, like, the baby mama drama here so much about it. Um, and for me, I got lucky with my baby mamas. Like, I'm, I couldn't ask for nothing else, you know. Um, with, with Shy, the way we raise her, the way Joy raised her, her grandmother, uh, it's, it's all about that, you know. It's all about the mistakes that I've made and, you know, and then I... Of course, the mistakes I made and me being who I am, it's like, of course, Shy gonna know what guys not to, you know, what, what to look out for in guys, because dad is like, you know what I mean? So it, it's pretty it's pretty easy. Like I said, it's all about 
raising them and the things we teach them. And then it also falls on, 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 my, on my kids' moms too. You know, my son, he's, he's about to turn three and it's, it's the perfect balance. You know what I mean? They understand me too. And it, sometimes it takes time, but I feel like once everybody is happy, that's the key is happiness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even though we're not together as long as if they got a boyfriend and they have, cool, I don't get in their business. They don't call me when I'm doing my thing. And, you know, Shy is not on my gram. I don't post stuff on my Instagram, close friends. Right. If you're lucky enough to be my close friends, but I don't post certain stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because I know that Shy's knocking on 13. Of course she has Instagram. Of course she she's on it. She can easily see that. And I never wanted to see that. So I think because we kept a lot of things private, the kids don't see shit. And that's what helps a lot. You know what I mean? Would you ever want to introduce your children to the stardom that you had as far as, you know, growing up in the industry? Not really introduce them to it, but I think because the job is so cool, especially for kids, most kids tend to pick things off from the parents. So with Shy, for example, because my son, he ain't really old enough yet. Like I said, he's about to be three, but with Shy, of course, bringing my daughter to work, my work is just a little different. Like she's coming on sets, there's cameras, and she's going on tour. She's saying sold out arenas. She's like, what the fuck? This shit is crazy. Mm -hmm. They're going nuts for my dad. And it's like, because I'm his daughter, they go nuts for me. And it's like, I want the same thing. So with Shy, with, I never was the type of parent to be like, yo, you have to carry on this legacy of acting. You know, I'm like most parents, I have something big and it's like, I'm passing on down. And then the kids might not really want to do it, but it's like, damn, it's the family business. I got to do it to keep the legacy going. I'm not that type of parent. It's like, look, Excuse me, if you just so happen to want to do it because you're around it, cool. If you're growing and loving it, cool. I'm here to help you and guide you. We're going to do it. If you're serious about it, let's go Let's go to work. And for Shaj, she just kind of did it behind my back. Like, right. so YouTube watching me and then, okay, I want to do this. And then next thing you know, I look up, she's on Nickelodeon. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Calling her mom, like, yo. Like, <laughs> is she serious? Because if so, it's time to really get serious with it. Then I had to talk with her, which I've done. Like, yo, do you really want to do this? Like for real, because, you know, and her getting scripts and her already dealing with stress at like 11 and 10. So this time she'll come to me about your dad. I thought it would be fun, but uh, I want to do this now. It's like, man, whatever you want to do, I'm, I'm here to back you. So you don't, you don't got to do what dad do. I'm going to love you regardless. You know what I'm saying? So, yep. When you came in, you know, it was the era of, you know, the young rapper. You know, there was you, there's Sammy R&B doing R&B thing, Lil Roma, people like that. What do you think happened to the child rapper? Because as of today, like, you don't see young rappers, young singers that were like your age when you came in the game out there. What do you think happened to that? I was the last breed that did it. I don't think, like, it's, it's crazy because... You look at all the young cats that's coming out now, they're, they're pretty much 17, eight, 17 now. I, think I came out at 13, like triple platinum out the gate. Like this ain't even singles, it's a full album. You know what I'm saying? Like it, the times is just so different. And um, I don't think we'll see it that young because the cool thing in the, it, it, we, the era is just so different. You know what I mean? You got your, your young boys, you got your dirts, you got your, you know what I mean? It's more of a, the, the drill sound, the, the street element of what they bring in with the young cast is popping. It's going to be hard for a 13 year old to come out and deliver some shit to where it's like, you know, for me, I, I, I say it's luck, I say it's strategy, I say it was strategic the way we did it. Um, 
but it, it's just hard, man. And, and and also, I think a lot of the music that that comes from like the younger artists, it sounds the same too. So a lot of this shit can get lost in the sauce. And then you know, some cats fizzle out quicker than others, and some can withstand the time. But I don't think we'll see another, especially a black young rapper at like 12, 13 come in. It's gonna be tough because I, I see it now, but it's more like Nickelodeon driven. It's not crossing over into how I got into it. And a lot of it is because of the, you know, the Snoop Dogg nod. You know, I had a lot of big homies around me. Um, Jermaine, just guys that are highly respected. So it's like, if I push this little kid out, it's a reason. And it's like, let's pay attention to this motherfucker. Whereas now, there is none of that. It's like a free fall, really. Like, it's just a total free fall. But it's, I don't think we'll ever see it. I think Justin Bieber probably would be like the closest thing to Lil Bow Wow, like what I was then at that time to what we'll see now. I don't think we'll, it's gonna be a long time before we see a, a young kid just come and just completely fuck shit up the way I did it. It's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be some time. Well, we've had Lil Zane on this couch. We've also had Lil Sammy on this couch and y'all shared a song, Hardball, with Lil yeah. Wayne. And we asked both of them this question and now it's your turn since okay. we got you. <laughs> Who do you think had the best verse on Hardball? Uh, well, I couldn't say Sammy because Sammy sung the hook. So it he, counts, it counts. See, but the hook is very important. Um, so Sammy definitely held down the hook as far as the verse. I feel like everybody held their own. Like Zane said some dope stuff in his verse. Um, Wayne Wayne said some dope shit in his verse. And for me, I said a couple slick things. I was slick in the verse. Um, I, I don't know, man. We we all just held our own. It's, it's tough. To, it's tough to say. Man, I feel like we all held our own. That was a good question. Nobody ever asked Z me that. Zane said he trashed you. Oh, nah, he did? No. Nah, I'm fucking <laughs> with you. My guy, Zane, next time, I, <laughs> next time I see you in Magic City. No, I'm playing. I'm nah. playing. So, um, <laughs> why do you think hip hop is so dark now? So dark? Yeah. Um, content, you know, um, I mean, hip hop has always been an art form that came from the streets. I think that, you know, what we see it now is because of social media, we just see it more often. But everything that's happening now has been going on. You know, being on death row at an early age, being around all of that and losing Pac, losing Big, and you know what I mean? Like these are things, we've been losing our heroes, we've been losing our, our legends in hip hop. It's just the fact that now it's more magnified because of social media, we're seeing it. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's it's crazy. Like, we're actually seeing it. And I think a lot of people don't even understand. I mean, we got a chance to see the Pac video from the casino. So it's like, these things have been happening in hip hop. It's just the fact that now we're starting to see shit in real time because everyone has cameras on the phones and, you know, boom. And I think a lot of time as artists, we can bring on that attention. You know, I'm, I'm big on energy. Whatever you throw out there, just know you gotta be prepared for it. You know what I mean? So, and that's with anything. You popping gangster shit, and that's your image, and that's how you feel you need to sell records that come out. Just know when you go to certain clubs and go to certain places and your song, your music ignites certain shit, you just gotta be prepared for it. You gotta be ready for it. So, you know, hip hop has always been gangster shit. It's always been like that. But like I said, I just think in this era, it's just a little bit different with social media and the fact that we all got phones that we can just pull out and record any, at any given time. But I mean, all, all these young cats is doing is talking about what's going on from where they from. And they just, being the reporters and the news reporters from where they from, and they can't help it. That's where they come from. If you would get money, nigga, you would get money rapper, you're gonna talk about hustling. For me, it was all about the girls. The girls, I'm going, that's what my life. I'm gonna talk about relationships, the girls, and bop, bop, bop. So when I go outside, that's why I gotta do it. 
100 girls in the section. That's the energy that I throw out there. So it's all about what you put out there. You know what I mean? If you want to change the narrative, change it. But for me, I like to be outside. I like to have fun. I don't want to be got a road with 100 niggas look over my shoulder. Like, I can't live like that. My kids love going out. I like going out. And so it's all about the energy you put out there. Now, some say, some say that female rap um, has gotten overly sexualized, overly vulgar. What's your opinion on female rap these days? Because you got the Megan Thee Stallions and the Cardi. So we just going to forget about Kai had a song called. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But in general, you had Kaya and Kaya was so like, because she was doing something that was so different. It wasn't like everybody had records like that. I mean, you had yeah. Trina, you had Kaya. Right. But today it's every female rapper yeah. is on this stand for the most part. What What's your opinion? Yeah, I mean. Sex sales, we all know that. You know what I mean? Sex sales, especially if you're sexy, you pop it, we believe you. Um, I remember I fell in love with Lil Kim since I saw the album cover. The first album, hardcore. I was like, what the oh my God, I didn't even have to hear the music, but it was how she looked on that bear rug or that leopard, whatever the fuck she was on. And <laughs> I loved it. I wanted to listen to it. I, that was like my first crush. It was like Kim. I'm like, eh. But um, yeah, man, I mean, listen, people. When one thing works and you see it work for another person, it works for another person, you feel like you're obligated to come in the game and do the exact same thing because you feel like it's going to work for you. Um, that's why, like, you know, when I heard Glorilla for the first, I'm like, okay, she ain't talking about, she on some gutter shit. Like, but look where she come from. She comes from Memphis. When you listen to, when you think, you know, rest in peace, Gangsta Boo, like when you, when you play old Gangsta Boo, like she never was the type to be, she on some gangsta shit. Like, so it's coming from where they come from. You know, Memphis is a, it's not Miami, it's not a, it, it's the South, it's the its the bottom, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's what it is, what it is. And like I said, you're going to rap about your environment, it's where you come from. So you got some girls out here that, that do different things. That's why I would say like Glow, I, you know, I respect her grind, but I mean, it is what it is. Like when a dude see... A Nicki Minaj, no disrespect, but the first thing that's on his mind, it so when she's rapping about certain things, like it it, it just connects the dots, you know. You know, I don't think most guys wanna look at a pretty chick and hear straight bars. Like you wanna, you know what I mean? They know what sells, they know what's catchy, and that's what's in. You know what I mean? That the whole city girl, hot girl thing, the, that's just ruling right now. So do you still have home music? Now I know we know you touring, we know but is music still fun to you or is it just work now? Performing, it's a hobby. You know what I mean? It's something like, it. it it's a bug that comes and goes, mm -hmm. but it's just a hobby now. I do it because I can. I do it when I feel like it. I do it when I want. Like every time I run into somebody, whether it's Chris, it's like, yo, bro, when you gonna, like, when you gonna, when you gonna, it's like, yo, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. I don't really have to do that. Right. That's the luxury. Like, I've done it. Like, I don't have to do it. But it's such a hobby to me. It's going to always be, hip-hop is going to always be a part of me. It's, it's going to live in me forever. So the switch can just click on at any time. It's like I can leave here and be like, oh, shit, I just got inspired. I got an idea. Um, like, right now, I'm already in development with, like, my documentary, The Bow Wow Movie, telling my whole story. And it's like, okay, with that, I know music has to come from that. Okay, well, cool. Let's, let's, let, let's, let's make it. I'm going to make that the soundtrack to the doc. So it's shit like that. You know what I mean? So, and then plus, it's all about time. You know, I pick and choose my times. Like, I can drop a freestyle tomorrow and say one or two crazy ass things in the thing, and next, you know, I'm trending and everybody's running to go listen to it. Like, it's that easy 
to get popping with music nowadays, especially when you already established. It's that easy. Two quotables out of a line, niggas just run into your shit. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, it's just a hobby, man. It's just fun. It's just something I do. Now, we seen you on stage having a lot of fun on your performances. Yeah. Like, what's the wildest stage performance that you've had, like, experience like, like, I can't believe I'm doing this on stage? Uh, it was probably O2 Arena in London. Me and Omarion, we had to do a makeup date because of COVID for the Millennium Tour. And uh, when I saw London on the on the thing, I was like, oh shit. I'm like, I thought Madison Square Garden was gonna be it for me. And I remember going to a Beyonce concert in London. I was doing some work with Fast and Furious, and she so happened to be at O2 on her on one of her tours. And I went, and when I saw her do it, like I was standing in the middle of the crowd and I was just looking, I'm like, nah. And that's why I really don't go to a lot of people's concerts, because I get real competitive. I watch them for like different reasons. And I'm like, nah, I gotta touch this shit. I'm like, if I touch this shit, I'm good. Like, I ain't got to ever tour again in my life. And then it happened. So we got a chance to do O2, and we sold it out. That's when I was like, oh, fuck. Like, and this was like just a, what, two years? No, this was last year. Was it last year? Yeah, this was last year. So I'm like, in August, I'm like, yo, what the fuck? I can't believe he just really came over to London and sold out O2 Arena. Like, 19,000 people, this is ridiculous. And we really went just me and O. Like, all the Pretty Ricky couldn't make it. Um, <laughs> You had Spectacular, the only one there performing in front of 19,000 people in spec is not the singer. He's more of the, you know what I mean? So yeah. it was it was crazy because going over the pond, a lot of people, it's, it's, a, it's difficult for certain people to get over there. And for us to go over there, man, and not put out no new music and sell out all these arenas across the world, I mean, that shit was crazy. But O2 was, was the one for me. And I'm like, all right, I'm good. I don't got to perform. And I did it all, done it all. Speaking of Fast and Furious, you played a major role in the franchise, and we all know that Fast and Furious X is coming. Will you be a part of that? Are you a part of that at all? It's hard to even say, uh, cause I'm, I don't I don't lost count of how many Fast and Furious we did, yo. Um, I was in the last one for sure, cause I had to go to London twice to film that one. So the last one, yes. Ten, I don't know because when we lost Paul Walker. I went to the premiere of it. Cause once you're once you do one fast film, you're in it. It's like a family, like you're in it. And when I was on the red carpet, I was doing getting, getting interviewed, and the interviewer was like, Yeah, so it was so nice seeing you in the movie. And I'm like, what? And like y'all can YouTube this. And I, that was my raw reaction. I'm like, what you mean I'm in the movie? So wait, you didn't know you're in the movie? I'm like, I didn't film nothing. They're like, no, you in the movie. I'm like, how the fuck am I in the movie when I didn't film anything? Where's my chick? <laughs> we got that. Oh, okay. <laughs> but Fast and Furious, they we shoot and these movies take us five, six months to shoot, and there's so much footage that doesn't get used that I didn't know when I watched it. I'm like, oh shit, I'm in here. Like, like I remember doing it, but that never was in Tokyo Drift. They saved it. Mm. So it's hard to say because I'll go watch 10 and just because I wasn't there don't mean Twinkie not in the movie. They'll have some shit <laughs> that, that we filmed and didn't use and make it make sense and edit it. And it's like boom. Um but um, I'm hearing that, you know, this isn't the last one. I will say that. I think there's one more, and we'll see where we go from there. But I will always be a part of the Fast fast franchises. I can't escape it no matter where I go. Just like if it's Calvin Cambridge, if it's Byron, I hear that a million times everywhere I go. And then it's also, you know, the Fast, the fast and Furious culture and the fan base is just so huge that, um, like I said, once you're in one of them, you, it's like you, you've done them all, you know? So... I'm happy to be a part of that franchise. Now, 
being a part of this franchise, you've seen a multitude of cards. Yes. What would you say your favorite card is? Just period? Just period. Oh, the May the, the Maybach, for sure. I love it. I love I love it. I think without a doubt, the Maybach. There's nothing better than the Maybach. Yeah. Nothing. And do you have a favorite card from filming that you've seen? Of course. My Hawk Van. <laughs> now, uh, before we get out of here, I want to know. Um, you've been player all your life, but everybody isn't lucky to be players. Some people are corny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I refer to as corny. What makes a dude corny? Um, when it comes to women, uh, just like women, or just yeah, um, just saying dumb shit, um, saying the wrong things. Tour, tour, like I'm trying to think about anybody just say, just like. Because if you're around me and my crew, we get on your ass. Yeah. So I think that's how I'm able to take a lot of the things. Like if it's ever memes on me or people just wake up like, oh, we found this picture about make it trend. It's like, I laugh at this shit because we go so hard in our group chats and around people. So I'm trying to think, I'm sure I've heard some corny ass shit. And I got one person in particular uh, on the mind, but just saying like dumb shit. Like, oh my God, like, uh See, I don't even know because I don't say corny shit to girls. So I don't, it's, <laughs> it's so hard, but just lying or just a dumbass way of starting a conversation. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Like, it's ways to just get into a conversation. I'd rather for you to be like, yo, you want a shot? Like, start it off like that rather than, you know. So, you know, I don't even know what to say. I'm trying to give you an example of some corny <laughs> shit. But it's just, that's <laughs> never been your life. Yeah, it's like I don't, I don't, I wouldn't even know. I'm sure, like, and watch me leave here and be like, oh, I should have said that in the interview. But um, I, I, I for me, it's just the way a motherfucker can dress. Yeah. So like we, we get on that a lot. Or if you just doing too much, um, just like yo, this nigga is just so plain about. I don't know. I'm just like, and I got people in mind. I just don't know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> but it can just be doing too much can be corny. Overdoing shit. If you in my section and you got two bottles in your hand and you're like, oh my God, let's go. You need to, it's like, like, nigga, calm down. Like, you're doing way too much. You're overdoing it. You're really scaring her off. You know what I mean? You're just acting like this shit is yours when it's mine. Just relax. You know what I mean? That's the corny shit. Or girls be like, nah, but I gave your number to your manager. And I'm like, my manager's not even here. <laughs> nah, it was the, it was the tall um, dude with the dreads. That nigga told you it was my manager. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. No, like, get out of here. Are you serious? And then I'll go, like, why you tell that girl? So, like, corny shit could be like that. Like, why you lying? Nigga, just say what you is. Like, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, they're going to see who my real manager is and then the gig is over. So, but uh, yeah, it'd be shit like that. Just doing too much. Hey, man. Hey, brother, we just want to thank you so much for coming to sit down with us. It's been no a delight, man. You got any shout outs? Nah, none at all. Just, um, you know, we got lovers and friends coming up Amen. in Vegas. You know, uh, we, we definitely going to do something special out there in Vegas. I can't wait for that. Uh, it's going to be hot as hell out there. But uh, looking forward to lovers and friends. And then also, like I said, man, the, the, the hair accessory line, we just going to keep dropping. Like, we just going to keep dropping more television to come. I got two shows on BET coming this summer. Uh, so, yeah, we working, man. We working. You know, ready to get done with this whole little birthday Perfect. run and bag collecting pickup thing we doing. And... uh. Yeah, man, I'm ready to sit at home for like a good week. It's been a, we've been ripping and running all year, you know. Yeah, man. On tour in Australia, 
start off in January 1st. Yeah, Australia was January 1st all month. Came back, went right to work. Now we into this shit. I'm in another city every 10 hours, like I said. So it's just, it's a blessing. You know what I mean? I can't complain about it, but nigga do want to sit on his own couch for, for at least a good seven days and regroup. <laughs> though. But yeah, I appreciate it. Well, man, thank you so much, brother. Little Bow Wow Legendary. Appreciate it, bro. Shy Mouse Legendary. Hey, this is the best part. You are a real life street star. Appreciate it, man.